to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the got done with our three hours of the art and jacob do america this is our three it's the art and jacob do america experience but yeah dude that was a really good episode that we just did episode 131 and we decided fuck we're just gonna keep the ball rolling here and uh, here's a little mini sode for that ass so yeah not to bore any of our listeners who are not into sports um and politics you can just you know lightly skip over it or just hey slide this to one of your more liberal friends if you will yeah. or one of your more uh Alpha male friends, if you will, I could say we're we're different in the fact that like okay, like Brent always gives us shit like from when we do like a sports podcast and whatnot. But I feel like that's like a big part of like who we are, like sports. Yeah. But like you always like find people that like are really political as well. They're not into sports, like that whole alpha male versus beta male debate or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I always thought that was like weird. Like, is that a debate? Is that a real? Not debate? a debate, but like like a. Uh, stereotype where it's just like if you're political if you're if you're a liberal fucking fucking progressive liberal like you're not into sports we kind of had like that discussion as well like in a car ride to target where it's just like yeah. you don't really see that like you know like people that are very liberal their politics are kind of like you know more into like indie rock and like wearing girls clothes and shit <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> writing articles yeah. for vice news or whatever they're not really gonna sit there and watch like you know fucking the Steelers versus the Browns or whatever, right? Yeah. They're, they're going to fucking just, you know, be in that world. But, like, us, like, I feel like it's like, no, we're not that stereotype. Yeah, like, our politics are pretty much, I would say progressive, you know? Um, I don't like calling myself a liberal, but, like, pretty much a progressive uh, political taste, if you will. But we're, we're very much sports nerds, if yeah. you will. Well, I think one of the things that, you know, sports kind of get shit on all the time is, it's fun. Like it, yeah. it's and it's okay to have multiple interests. Mm-hmm. We talked to Steve Choi on one episode where we talked about how he loves like watching soccer. Like he's a big soccer guy. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's very political and he's very artistic. And it's like you can be more than one thing. You can be more than just a dumb jock. You can be more yeah. than just a fucking political nerd guy. Like, it's okay to be a well rounded person. And yeah. Like, the you most know. interesting man in the world, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think we are. Like, we're the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's oh, what our beard game are, is strong. That's what we call the bucket. <laughs> we should have called it that. Damn. <laughs> well, it was Mother Puncher at first, yeah. right? We but, had one episode as a Mother Puncher podcast. Yeah. You won't find that anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out my mama. But, <laughs> Pastor Pam, what you doing? But, hey, all right. Continuing episode 131 and a half, if you will. So, our, um, 2019 was a pretty interesting year for sports and politics, I would say. Um, They kind of blended together, if you will. Yeah, at times it does. Uh, When you think about sports and politics, you can't help but think of like the whole uh, Colin Kaepernick um, bending of the knee thing that started, I would say, like what, like three or four years ago? Yeah, it was like 2017, Mm -hmm. 16. It was a while ago. A while ago, but it's still playing out. And I think like recently, I guess um, Roger Goodell in the NFL, they had, you know, made an agreement with uh, Kaepernick and his people that, hey, you know, we're going to have an open, you know, workout at, was it the Atlanta Falcons uh, stadium? Yeah, I think it was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I thought was interesting was, is um, conservative media and conservative folks they always talk about like all oh, the media the the fake news if you will like they're always putting you know um, their agenda out there i i kind of noticed something here as well like with this recent workout or whatever it was just a lot of people putting their own political agenda out there because this is a very polarizing topic you know the whole mm-hmm. colin kaepernick thing um where you had an individual he hasn't been in the league for for years um 
and I kind of, on a political note, like I agree with what he's doing. I think you put, I've said it before, you put me on game on what he was, he was standing for. But if I look at it from a purely um, athletic perspective, like the guy is a backup quarterback at best, I would say. Um, and I get why he hasn't been signed a little bit. Well, at the time he was a backup quarterback. This is a Super Bowl guy. Like he mm-hmm. was in the Super Bowl not that many, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. If he was in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl against Joe Flacco, yeah, who is still quarterback for the Denver Broncos, is he is, starting right now? Well, no, because of injury. Oh, okay, but also because he sucked. He shouldn't have been starting. He's <laughs> the yeah. fact that Joe Flacco got a starting job over Colin Kaepernick, who played against him in the Super Bowl. The, the, the Ravens didn't win that Super Bowl because Joe Flacco was amazing. He got the Super defense. Bowl MVP. But yeah, that defense was amazing, and everything else was perfect around him. Mm-hmm. So that I do disagree with Ewan, that he Do is, you think, though, he, he'd be a starter, though, like in a world where you have— I think in a world where you have Joe Flacco, he should be a starter. Do you th- okay, so do you think Colin Kaepernick, if he gets, you know, try— If Denver, like— th- this, See, that's a tricky question. Do I think he's a starter— Yes, I think he's better than a couple of the guys mm-hmm. that are in the league right now. Um, do I think he would be a great quarterback? No, no. I, I think I think he's probably the same as like Ryan T- Tannehill right now, mm-hmm. who is a starting quarterback in the NFL. But he gets a he gets a shot. Like Ryan Tannehill and him. Like if you ask me, who would you rather have, Ryan Tannehill or Ka- uh, Kalen Ka- Kaepernick? The only thing that matters to me is which one's getting paid more or less. And you could probably get um, Kaepernick at a cheaper price at this point mm-hmm. than you would Tannehill. So to me, that that's it. That's a wash. That's, that's one thing too that I think hurts Kaepernick a little bit because I guess he did have an offer not too long ago for like a six million dollars, if you will. I'm just you that's know. from the Denver Broncos, and I guess he wanted like seven or eight million. To be a backup quarterback, and I would have made him one of the like so, richest backups, wouldn't it? No, so that story is I know what story you're referring to. So that was from the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, uh, that's when he was still with the 49ers. He was technically still signed to the 49ers. Yeah. So that was that was before all this. Like he was still a 49er at that point, and then it, that was more of a, you know, he was still a starting quarterback at that point. That was before all this. They it, they made it sound like it was really recently. And like he wasn't being blackballed in the NFL, and he definitely is being blackballed in the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's not so much for the money. Like I think he, no one's even talked about how much he actually wants to get paid now. Like he. Well, I think his people get, they they want him to be the highest paid, to take a backup position to be the highest paid backup. Because, uh, but and like I said, this is like where I think like the media on both sides kind of yeah. like stretch things. Um, but I, that's one of the things I did see that was consistent that he does want a lot more than a lot of other backups. Cause for, to me, like when I look at the last few games where he started, like it was kind of shitty, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, yeah, he, I mean, he didn't end his career in a good note, but then the 49ers weren't a good team no, at, they at the same time. So it's, who was the, the starter above him, um, and San Francisco at the time? Um, before him, it was Alex Smith. After him, no, 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 it yeah, was after. like Ryan Mallett or something. Yeah, or like, uh, what was the other guy's name? Like when um, the whole like kneeling thing first started. I think that was Ryan Malik. Malik, okay. Who's not in the league anymore anyways. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess at that time, like he still had like, uh, you know, his contract, but like he decided to opt out and whatnot. So but, just really quickly, that whole trading for the 49er thing, that was before that. Mm-hmm. Or so trading for the 49ers for, in, in Denver. Okay. So that was before that. That story came out and that was like something that – the the Broncos really wanted to push like we tried we tried to get him mm-hmm. see we're not blackballing him but that was way before all that stuff yeah I get this narrative too where like where people talk about like they compare him to Tim Tebow where it's like Tim Tebow obviously is is a backup at best as well in my opinion yeah he's a tight end I don't know why he's playing quarterback I know right yeah. or even like a fullback like give him give him Mike Allstott's old job yeah, yeah. In, in Tampa Bay <laughs> you yeah. know where it's just like um yeah he's he's a backup he's not gonna be your starter but his name is so much of a distraction. Like he, you know, another player that kneeled, not for the same reason, but you know, to pray or whatever, but became like this overwhelming distraction because okay, he he was with Denver and he won a couple of playoff games. Remember that like that we were watching that game with Denver in the playoffs. Like oh, if he makes this pass, like he is Jesus, right? Yeah. Where it's just like yeah, he had a couple of moments, but like those moments were far and few between. Where it's like he became more of a liability because now you have him as more of a distraction. 
you know, in the locker room and, as he is an asset. And, and that's think, a whole different argument. Like yeah. that argument I do agree with. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I listened to a lot of like Chicago radio where like um, Mitch Trubisky was like stinking it up, mm-hmm. just playing some of the worst football in the NFL. So people were like, we need to get a, a somebody that can be his backup and like challenge him to be a starter. Mm-hmm. So that name kept coming up. Um, Kaepernick's name kept coming up. And, and the reality of it is like he was going to hurt the situation more than anything because right. it's Colin Kaepernick. It, and that's a damn shame. Like I always feel like that's a damn shame. Like this dude's never going to get another opportunity. Yeah, I get the whole distraction part of it, but like fucking Greg Hardy got a second chance. Yeah. If Greg Hardy can get a second chance, like come on. Like yeah. everybody in America or a, a lot of chance. people throw this name out there too, like Michael Vick, you know, somebody that, you know. Yeah, Michael Vick's a little different because I actually I think do. that Michael Vick matured well, who you are at 22 is not who you are at 32 correct and, and michael so, vick is like I, you look at all the quarterbacks in the league right now you know your fucking mvp is pretty much like your 2.0 of michael vick you know yeah of course yeah, yeah. like what's it oh god lamar jackson lamar jackson's probably the most like amazing dude in the nfl because he's just so fun to watch because yeah. baby michael vick yeah except he can throw four touchdowns as well as fucking rush for four touchdowns yeah. as well where it's just like michael vick like he that was a one-of-a-kind talent at that time where it's just like and the nfl's guilty of this where it's just like they'll overlook like the greg hardys they'll overlook the cream hunts they'll overlook you know those players because like they got like talent they can sell that and we're in like this society too that doesn't for that, that forgets easily but for some reason they don't forget you know colin kaepernick kneeling which politically like i agree with but like you said it's unfortunate though like he won't get another chance because people won't let that you know won't forget about that they'll forget about somebody that beat their girlfriend almost to death greg hardy yeah but they won't forget the somebody that was trying to bring awareness to black lives matter um, one of the things that I do think that maybe he's not the most well-spoken guy because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who that safety for the Panthers is, who's essentially fighting for the same cause and was kneeling with him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a dude that got drug tested six times in one year when it's like, you know, abnormal to get more than like once, once. or twice a year. You know, if you get tested twice in a year, that's a big deal. This dude gets t- drug tested six times in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also a dude that was kneeling. and But he's just so much more well-spoken than 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 Colin Kaepernick is. Yeah, right now, I'm not joking. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But I can remember Colin Kaepernick, who hasn't been in the uh, the NFL now for like three years. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the thing that is like fucking difficult. He was a quarterback, and he he was outspoken. And the fact that Donald Trump is our current president, it also plays into factor. Oh, yeah. What's going on right now? Because that dude, the minute he gets signed, that guy's going to be tweeting... Fox News is going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. We live in a very bored culture. I'm not a, This is the year that I had to get off Facebook, man. Like, Facebook is like, I hated Facebook to the point where, like, I, I hate seeing other people's opinions because they're just so, like. They play teams. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to get off of it just because for that reason, for the fact that, like, I, I it was going to just become another divisive topic on Facebook, right? And. And it is, and we all know that the minute he gets signed, it's gonna fucking blow up Facebook. Correct. That's the and that's thing. That's what sucks. And the media will each each side of the media too. Like I can't even say it's just like your Fox News or whatever. Like you have, like you said, like in other episodes, like the Hassan Pikers too. On the other spectrum of it, that take it into the other direction, where it's like, okay, you had this. The narrative that was playing out was that, you know, Roger Goodell got all 32 teams together to go to Atlanta so that they can do this open workout. But in reality, what it was, was it was kind of like a a legal flex, if you will, where they were going to have Colin Kaepernick, who's actively still, um, I believe, um, suing the NFL. Yeah. Um, They were going to make him sign a... um, a contract basically like they they sold it kind of like as a waiver like if you get hurt or whatnot um you can't sue us again but like they hid language i guess in that contract that says like if we hold this open workout you have to drop this lawsuit and good on colin he had um his attorney look over this um this document and then the attorney was like no this is janky man like if we do this we're kind of um you know, forfeiting, you know, our active lawsuit against the NFL and the NFL, you know, wasn't going to allow cameras, which a part of it, like I can see where it's just like, okay, 
yeah, they hold open workouts. Every team does on every Tuesday or whatever. And you don't see that documented or whatever, right? But like at the same time, they were hiding this document documentation where it's just like, well, you got to drop the lawsuit essentially against us. And that's why you had him like, well, we're not going to have it on, you know, the Falcons field. We're going to have it at a high school. We're going to, where we have, we can play our own rules where we can have it videotaped. We can have our own, you know, receivers and whatnot, you know, work out with us. And which I applaud, you know, his attorney and Kaepernick for, because if he would have done this, it would have been kind of like the UFC uh, situation with Mark Hunt. Uh, Mark Hunt's a heavyweight um, fighter who had to fight, you know, a Brock Lesnar who tested later on, um, after the fight uh, for performance-enhancing drugs, steroids, if you will. Uh, two fights before that where Mark Hunt you know, fought guys that popped for PEDs as well. And he's like, look, guys, I'm having problems like with my speech. I'm slurring. I'm probably going to have CTE later on in life or whatnot. And you guys are just letting these guys get away with murder, you know, like taking all the drugs. You know, I'm clean as fuck. Mark Hunt looks like Andy Ruiz, that fat boxer that yeah. beat Joshua or whatever. He looks like you, you can't accuse uh, Mark Hunt for taking any steroids. But what Mark Hunt did is he continued to fight while he was actively suing the UFC. And then the, that decision recently came out where it's just like, well, if this was such a problem, why would you continue to work you know, with the UFC? And Mark Hunt, I believe, just fought not too long ago or whatever and then was actively suing the UFC. And the same thing, like it was kind of entrapment basically we're just like yeah we'll continue to give you these fights but once the lawsuit you know comes through you know we get our decision it's going to be favorable to the ufc because if it was such a problem why would you continue to fight go to kaepernick where it's just like okay if we can continue to you know look like we're you know offering him employment then eventually we can get this lawsuit to drop where it's just like good on Ka kaepernick and his attorneys for switching it up but the media kind of, you know, the conservative side of it was just like, oh, you know, they're giving him a chance now. And uh, he's like shitting on it because, you know, he can't have his uh, his his videotapes and whatnot and his own receivers like they're giving him a chance. And they switched it last minute and whatnot. And I thought like that was like really shitty to not give the whole story where it's like it would have been um, legal entrapment, if you will, if he did sign that waiver. Yeah, I mean. You you brought up the every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, any NFL team can call up anyone and be like, "Hey, do you want to try out? Mm -hmm. do you want to try out for this team?" That's all. Thirty-two teams have that power to call them up right now and be like, "Hey, mm -hmm. you want to try out for, to be quarterback?" Uh, I believe just the other day, the uh, the uh, Cowboys kicker missed some kicks, so the Ooh. the Cowboys called in a kicker to to go try out for the Cowboys. It's not uncommon. Correct. That this happens all the time. We don't hear about it because they're. Because, you know, most times we don't hear about kickers or we don't hear about, you know, backup linebackers because you're starting linebacker, Taurus Pectorial, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever it may be. The fact that it was on a Saturday is a total fucking joke. Yeah. Um, Saturday is when college football is happening. If you actually have top scouts associated to your organization, they're at a college football game because they're already starting to zero in on their top prospects. The next new thing. They are not going to show, they're not going to send their top, scouter mm. to Colin Kaepernick's workout. They're going to send the owner's son, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Colin Kaepernick is like our age at this point, you know, mm. he's got older a, maybe he, yeah, he's, he's up there, you know? Yeah. Quarterbacks. I mean, although he hasn't been taking NFL hits, you know, essentially a car accident every week mm. for the last three years, you know, he's still up there in age. Like the mm -hmm. thing that made him a dynamic quarterback was his running ability. Correct. Which is probably the first thing to go. As you get older, you naturally, you know, you're, you'll slow down. Correct. Um, and I think most people know that. Most people know that if this guy still has it, he's is he worth the drama. Is he worth all these things? The whole the NFL set him up for failure. That Correct. whole thing was just a failure. On that, it was for me. It was like the NFL, like just saying, like, look, we are giving him a chance. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like without, you know letting it be known that, hey, every Tuesday, like, we try people out anyways, you know, yeah. where it's just, like, it was more of a, a PR move, if you will. Oh, a total PR for, move. For for the people who are ignorant <laughs> to football. Yeah. Like yeah, I I agree. It's a total PR move. I He had nothing to gain from that. Um, you know, establishing with a receiver, establishing knowing your routes, knowing the timing, knowing, like, you know, what's about to happen is something that you don't just do in a weekend. Like mm -hmm. you can do it in like backyard football. Cause you're just kind of goofing off, but an actual NFL game, you have to know how many like yards you're going to go, you know, Correct. you're going to turn left, you're going to turn right. You're going to like scramble, you know, it, it was set up for him to fail. 
Uh, I feel bad for him, but you know that's the world we live in right now. Where like, I don't think he's ever going to play in the NFL. He should try the XFL though. That'd be fun, dude. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with it because um, I, I'm a big WWE fan, huh. um, wrestling nerd, if you will. And I, like Vince McMahon, uh, 2020, like that's going to be after this year's Super Bowl. Like he's going to launch the XFL. I believe like there's eight teams and whatnot. Yeah, and that would be perfect for him. But the only problem is, is the McMahons, they're best friends with Donald Trump. <laughs> But, okay, so here's the thing. There's nobody in all of sports, I think Roger Goodell is, like, the biggest pussy. Mm-hmm. He just is. Like, he's a total puppet. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch any of his press conferences, it's nothing but, like, audio bites, cliches, like, the most nothing. Yeah. It's 45 minutes of nothing. It's just fucking, it's like eating mayonnaise. <laughs> but, you know, Vince McMahon, I think, although he's friends with him, he knows how to make money. Correct. He, if he signs him and he puts him on a team, Money is more important to him than friendship. It it, it makes uh the it, there's no uh fuck I, I'm forgetting like the the quote here where it's just like about controversy sells kind of thing. Oh, where it's man. like no publicity. It doesn't, make, about, it doesn't make sense, but it makes dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that. Like any publicity is good publicity, yeah. basically. And that's that's the world of the WWE where it's just like remember like he hate me and all this yeah. like gimmicky shit. Where Who, I guess Ronda the, Rousey, like Ronda Rousey, was like no offense, but she was washed up in the mm-hmm. UFC. Like she needed a second career. She needed something else. Like, mm-hmm. who are you going to pick up? That's a big name. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's doing that, that's a big name. And then the WWE this year, their WrestleMania, their Super Bowl, if you will, which gains, like, every year, like, no matter how, like, shitty the product is, every year WrestleMania is, like, one of the biggest sporting events. It's only rivaled by, like, the World Cup and the Super Bowl. It's bigger than the World Series. It's bigger than NBA Finals, believe it or not. And Oh, I believe it. This has been the lowest year for the NBA. Correct. And, you know, for the first year ever, um, the women, you know, main evented WrestleMania. You know, our girl, Becky Lynch, you know, she ended up Love winning. Love Becky Lynch. But you can't get over somebody like Becky Lynch, who's not a mainstream star, without getting her over on somebody who is a mainstream star like Ronda Rousey. And in the same match, they had Ric Flair's daughter, who um, Charlotte Flair, who is going to pretty much carry the company into the next generation because you no longer have stars like Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, who people in our generation, you know, gravitate towards. So they need to make stars by having already established mainstream stars come to the product. A lot like when Stone Cold was getting over, uh, you had Mike Tyson, who at the same time had already gotten knocked out by Vander Holyfield. He bit the ear off of him. Like, he was just in a bad place. And like you said with uh, Vince McMahon, he knows when to strike. Like, no controversy is going to sell. And that was Mike Tyson at that time when he came into the WWE. Same thing with Ronda Rousey. She got the women's division over to be able to main event. That's like getting the WNBA to get bigger numbers than the fucking uh, Super Bowl or the fucking yeah. the World Series or whatever. That That's that's crazy to think about. Like people, like women's matches uh, not too long ago, like that was your bathroom break. Like, oh, the women are wrestling. I'm going to go, you know, take yeah. poop now. I'm going to go make dinner or whatever. But now like that's what you watch now is like the, uh, the women's matches. That's the most exciting product on wrestling. You, you know, know what? Wrestling. I don't really watch wrestling that much. You know that. But- oh, yeah. I agree. Like, I know more women wrestlers than I do, like, the guys. Besides, who's the dude that's, like, Samoan and he's related to The Rock? Oh, Roman Reigns? And he just beat cancer or something? Like, <laughs> I forgot his name, but <laughs> I do know the face. Like, if I saw yeah, him, yeah. I would know. Oh, and basically everybody that rolls with Code Orange, mm-hmm. I, like, follow them on Facebook or Instagram now. Like Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, yeah. I follow I follow them just because, like, they're down with Code Orange. Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yeah. Um, but for the most part, like, Becky Lynch... Um, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair and the I'm a Hugger Girl. What's her name? Oh, uh, ba- uh, Bailey. Bailey, yeah. Like, those are probably the, my three favorite wrestlers, mm-hmm. and they're all women. Mm-hmm. So, like, I yeah, I feel I feel where you're coming from with that. And that's another thing like, I want to talk about, too, is just, like, it seems like WWE is becoming more UFC because you have, you know, a lot of former UFC stars coming into the WWE. Uh, you have Cain Velasquez, who was the guy that beat Brock Lesnar in a real UFC match. He's now in the WWE. You have Ronda Rousey. You have people in um, the UFC right now where they're in their prime, but they're making transitions to, like, okay, what's going to be the next thing after this? Because fighting is only going to take you so far. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick. Like, even if you were to get this job in the NFL, it's only going to last you, idealistically, you know, 12 years if you, if you have a good career like Peyton Manning. Like, he's making fucking Allstate commercials with Brad Paisley and whatnot. Yeah. Like, you always got to be looking at the next thing to, you know, 
elongate your your career. So you got people like Colby Covington. He was wearing, he was doing the whole MAGA gimmick right now, yeah. where it's like a total character. Oh, dude, that guy's a douche, though. Oh, I fucking hate him. Yeah. But like, that's the idea. Like, he's not gonna sell any tickets by being this good boy, this clean baby face. So he's got to be somebody you want to see get beat. That whole heel character. So it's just like he he wants to be in the WWE. Will he make it or not? I, I don't know. We don't know that. I'm yet. sure he can, dude. He's a good looking dude. What are you talking about, Kobe? Uh, Colby Covington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He can, he can make it in there, dude. He knows how to like play mm-hmm. the part. And what's funny is, is we recently in the UFC we had, and this, this is a big thing with like people like Jesus, like real MMA fans or whatever they hate the wrestling product. Like, it's almost like you know the WWE is trying to become more you know MMA. You know, with you know the signing of people like Ronda Rousey and Kane Velasquez and whatnot, and then the UFC is trying to be more WWE, where they had like recently the you know BMF title, the Bad Motherfucker title, where The Rock came out. You know what? That was one of the most genius things I've ever seen. Right? People were saying like, okay, so one of the most genius things I ever heard about that, the Bad Motherfucker title, is what if you have it like Super Bowl style, where like you have like UFC going up against, like, Bellator for this one title. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is the most genius, like, fucking, like, madman thing I ever heard. But I bet you can do it if you only hosted it once. It made, like, the Super Bowl of, like, Mm -hmm. mixed martial arts. That's fucking nuts. But, again, like, how would you do it with weight classes? You would have to have, like, three or something like that. One thing with, like, Bellator, though, is just, like, it's kind of like the the secondary um, brand. Where it's, like, you see people that can no longer hang in the UFC go there, like, like Chael Sonnen was like an active person up until like a couple of months ago and he barely retired. Tito Ortiz was over there where it's just like, yeah, you were, you were getting starched in UFC. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's the only problem with that. But I did think it, it was cool because it, the bad motherfucker title was like basically a gimmick match. It means nothing, but you had one of the original bad motherfuckers and Nate Diaz, um, one of the biggest stars, you know, in the whole sport, versus Jorge Masvidal, who is like this juggernaut. Like he is on the cusp of being like the next McGregor, where it's just like you have like this gimmick match where like neither one of them are going to, at this present time, maybe Masvidal after this win, though, um, challenging for, you know, the middleweight title. But you got to sell something. And the UFC needed this to to get over a little bit because they've been having boring cards where it's just like, you know what, this belt doesn't mean anything, but it's going to get eyes on the product. And who better to present this belt than fucking Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, yeah, coming it, out with The Rock's music. Yeah, it was really, really, like, well done. <laughs> I, I applaud them for coming up with that. My only thing about Moskov is, like, he's older. He's he's really, yeah. he's really like, in his 30s. So, he's like, 35. He's, I think he's, yeah, he's older than Conor McGregor. You say he's, like, the next McGregor, but he's, like, older than McGregor. Business-wise, yeah. yeah. I think if he plays this card right, he, he can get, like, another title. It'd be fun to see him against maybe McGregor, whatever's going on. I think that, that's the move That's right a now. sham fight, though. He's fighting Cowboy. That, well, that's like the fight that nobody wants to see. Well, well, the thing with that though is, is I get it from um, a standpoint where it's like everybody wanted it against Michael Chiesa, where it's like Michael Chiesa is should be challenging for uh, the lightweight title or even the middleweight title if he wanted to. Um, but or the, uh, I should say welterweight. I'm sorry. Um, and McGregor's coming off of a loss against Khabib. You don't usually have a surging star go up against a star that's lost. So it's just like, and then Cowboy as well. Like, he, he's an older fighter that's yeah. also coming off a loss. I, I get so, why they did it. Like, they're yeah. both big names. Like they're, oh, they're, yeah, definitely. They're both one of, two of the biggest names in, in a mixed martial arts in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're both coming off losing, like, two fights each, I think. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you know, they're both up there in age already, and especially and in fights. Actually, I wouldn't even worry about age as much as, like, number of fights. Yeah, Cowboy especially. Cowboy has taken bad beatings. Like, Conor McGregor's fights, his, they've been they've been not great losses, but they're not as brutal as Cowboy's losses. Like, yeah, they're all a bit just submissions. Like, you're going to get up, and you're going to be able to, like, go drink your fucking proper whiskey after yeah. that. You, you fucking get knocked out. Like, you're going to be... Suspend medically suspended for like Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's 105 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Ferguson, I don't know how he does it, but they like still dances on cocaine or whatever. <laughs> that would have been a fun fight, though. Actually, uh, Tony Ferguson and uh, and McGregor would have been a fun fight. I think it is. It's just that the whole dynamic of it, where it's just like Ferguson. He he's in that position where you need to put him in in, in a title he, he's match. He's not a big. What do you mean? 
I don't no, think he's that big of a. No, he's he, not a big name, but he's had so many wins. Like you look at his his win loss oh, record, okay. and it's just like you need to get him either in there and out of there, kind of like with Dustin Poirier, where it's just like he's not the biggest name either. He got starched by McGregor when they were in the featherweight division, and it's just like, oh, Khabib's gonna totally molest this guy. Like he he totally did. And Is it's just, uh, Khabib fighting Tony Ferguson? Yeah, that's hopefully in January. Okay, that's a that's a good fight. But it's like, man, I just feel bad for Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is going to like end up so bloody. I don't know because this is like the perfect storm for both of them because Ferguson has a very unique style on stand-up wise, uh-huh. but he where he really excels is when he's on his back. Now, the thing about Khabib is is he's excellent on the takedown. That's where he murders yeah, yeah. everybody. He mauls them. Like he I I even hear rumblings of he's even mauled a uh, fucking um Fuck, fuck. Heavyweight now. Uh, Jesus. Cormier, like, uh-huh. and who's like a fucking Olympic fucking wrestler. Yeah. That, that's where he, he does his best work is on the mat. Ferguson does his best work when he's on his back, that that whole unique jiu-jitsu, that 10th planet jiu-jitsu. So mm-hmm. it's just like, that's the interesting thing. That's what you want with for purists. It's just like, okay, here you got a guy, you know, that excels on his back. Whereas you have another guy that he excels when he gets people on his back. And it's kind of like a bear versus a tiger, if you yeah. will. So like, that's the interesting thing. We'll find out what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, My only reason I think that it's going to go bad for Tony, and I might be wrong, is that he's had some bad injuries. Like, oh, he yeah. usually, when he loses a fight, he lost that fight. What but fight did he lose? When, when did he break his foot? Well, he won that fight. Are you talking about against... Um, but uh, he he has some he he's won his, like last two fights was it Anthony Pettis he hasn't lost in like a while Ferguson yeah he, he came back from an injury to fight Pettis Pettis is the one who broke his hand against him remember that bloodbath yeah um but he was coming off of injury where he tore an ACL that's what it is yeah the ACL tear yeah that's the one and I feel like he came back really quickly mm-hmm. from that to the point where I'm like oh man that's way too quick that's mm-hmm. not even like realistic how quickly he came back from that. I'm just afraid he's going to suffer a, a brutal injury. Here's one thing, too, that you got to keep aware of. And going back and referencing that BMF um, title match with Nate Diaz and Masvidal, it's going to be in New York. And the Masvidal-Diaz match got stopped, you know, due to, you know, that cut above Nate Diaz's That's eye. one of those things. I, I brought that up in the past, that that dude needed to take care of that fucking scar tissue on his face. Mm-hmm. His skin on around his every single fight that he's fought has mm-hmm. become a bloodbath. Not because he's getting hit like amazingly hard, because his skin is like frail as fuck. It's like fucking like a paper bag for skin. Yeah. Like that dude, his biggest weakness was his own blood around his eyes. Like he would go blind during multiple fights. And like it was gonna it was gonna come back to bite him. That was the worst one though. His eye just exploded like a fucking orange. Yeah, like uh did you watch uh I'm sure you've seen the pictures of Alistair Overeem, his lip split in half? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's horrible. But that's basically Nate Diaz's eye. Oh, dude, that one's worse. I don't even... There's, like, a chunk missing on his lip. Yeah, like, you can see his jaw oh, like, through his lip. so gross. But that was in fucking D.C. New York is... This is where Khabib and Ferguson are going to fight. Um, Ferguson has those elbows that just slice people up. That, uh, yeah. And that's, that's his one saving grace. I think he can knock him out. Yeah, not, not even knock him out, but he can technically get a TKO if he opens up Khabib like that. Yeah. So that's that. those are things to watch right there. And the same doctor that stopped the Diaz-Masvidal fight, um, that was controversial. Like, that could, ha- that could play an effect, too. Like, the fans, I know you didn't like that, but, again, you got to make sure that, okay, one more fucking Masvidal hit to that eye, Diaz could have gone blind, dude. Something bad could have happened. I, from that. I actually do like the fact that they stopped the fight. Me too. I think it was it was deserved. It was like you you can't at some point you have to be the professional and stop the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not the first person that's point. I'm not a genius for pointing out the fact that his scar tissue was becoming an issue. He should have known these things. Oh yeah. Like you know the dude's bleeding way too much. If you lose enough blood, he's gonna go unconscious. Correct. And like that gash was like I could stick my two fingers up that thing you know like that's a that's a butthole you can, you can belladonna that shit if you want to stick a whole fist just blah 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 yeah like that thing was huge that was not like a his regular cuts that thing blew up on him mm-hmm. and like i i think he's done has he, has he talked about retiring diaz it, diaz is always like in the gray with it where it's just like like nick hasn't fought like in three or four years and nick wants to come back and fight masvidal now where it's just like it's always the, the it's always on the table yeah. um same thing with P, george st pierre where it's just like 
Um, oh, he's done. He's done. But he's even talking yeah. about coming back to fight somebody. So it's just like it's he's always a, he should go into fucking WWE. That'd be a cool name to have in WWE. Yeah, I agree. I I just don't think he has the passion for it. Yeah. yeah so that's that's probably why he doesn't. But I, yeah, it's one of those things with the Diaz brothers. Like you never know. Like I don't understand half the words that come out of their mouth, anyways. But like nobody I, can predict their next move. I think he should retire, man. Just because that fucking eye is not gonna heal itself yeah unless he goes like into like like he against like people like you know justin gaethje like people that you know are more prone to wrestle well no gaethje's a fucking he he has stand-up too but i i don't know yeah i agree too like i'm not a nate diaz fan per se but at the same time it's one of those things you see it like bro like there's other things out there like i'll reference brendan schaub i was watching his match versus uh miracle crow cop who's like a fucking legend like overseas and then he came over to the ufc and was kind of past his prime but he was still like a fucking huge hitter and then brendan Schaub was like on his way up in the heavyweight division and he was talking about his matchup like kind of like a 30 for 30 like you know he like broke down everything that happened in that fight and whatnot and brendan ended up like knocking uh crow cop out and he was talking about like in the backstage area like they were both you know being tended to by the doctors which is weird in itself. Like you just went to war with somebody and they're like sitting there. What, what if you had bad blood or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, thankfully, like they're both professionals, but they're both being, you know, getting stitches and Brendan's nose was like broken in 14 places or whatever. And he was the winner. Right. And he was talking about like, they accidentally gave um, them the wrong checks. Like he, like he, the UFC gave him crow cops check and um, crow cop got Brendan shops check. And he was like, Oh, Hey bro. Like they accidentally gave me the wrong check. Here's your check, whatever. Right. And, like, Brendan's was, like, $12,000. And, like, he's got all this fucking shit wrong with his face right now. And then Crow Cop had just gotten this, like, murder. Like, he got... I've never seen, like, a worse knockout like than that. Like, Crow Cop just kind of collapsed on himself. Yeah. And um, Brendan looked at this $12,000 check. And he's just like, man, what are we doing, dude? And Crow Cop looked at him and he said, this is life. You know? And, he, and like, Brendan was just like... He was that was the first seed where it's just like, is it, though? Like, is it though? Like, Brendan's like 26 years old. He fucking shatters his nose, had, nose, had to get reconstructive surgery. Basically, same thing with Overeem. Like, he had to get his whole lip, like 14 stitches on there, 16 stitches in his eyes. And he goes, Is this life though? I'm 26 years old. Like, what else is out there? And, you know, of course, the story is, you know, Brendan Schaub, you know, goes on to have, you know, a stand up comedian career. And, like, he has three of the biggest podcasts that are out there. He's, one of the fucking uh, friends of Joe Rogan. He's like Bel- the Belschnickel of Joe, like to yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan's St. Nicholas, if you will. But it's just like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's just like, yeah, like with Nate Diaz, like, come on, bro. Like you, you're a huge name. Like your move doesn't have to be WWE, but it can be something else. You know what I'm saying? You're a big name. People like you. That That's that's lightning in a bottle right there. And you need to capitalize that on it. And it doesn't have to be just in the UFC, which is good, just going to restrict you to just fighting and i'm sure he will i mean you can only fight so much and mm-hmm. you know unless you're herschel walker <laughs> but like you, <laughs> yeah. you can only fight so long until your body gives out and mm-hmm. it looks like his body is given out like correct the scar tissue around his eyes it's been his weakness for years now mm-hmm. like he, i don't think he properly like heals himself like i i get why he took all that time off after the Second McGregor fight, like, kudos to him, you know, but he's also a triathlete. He also, like, he basically starves himself a lot, like, which you can tell. Like, he's he. that's why he's not going to fight um, lightweight anymore because he's hurting himself. He's not properly recovering. And it's just, like, one of those things where it's like, bro, like, you're, you're, you're heading down a road where it's just, like, life is going to be short, you know? Like, start calculating the next move now, dude. Yeah. I, I think that he should... I think he should retire. It looks like his brother can still go. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like his brother looks like he can still go. He looks, he looks healthy. He he's bigger than than Nate. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not he, only that though. Like I always hear these stories of like Nick getting into like these like bar fights where he takes on like five people or whatever because <laughs> he looks just like an average you know dude or whatever, yeah. right? Like he's gonna go to a uh, fucking. Uh, naruto convention or some shit like he looks so unassuming but then you hear these like stories of him like taking on five drunk fucking irishmen in fucking las vegas (laughs) and shit and it's just like bro like just give me one more match dude yeah him him uh, versus who him versus um either silva or saint pierre like because it's gotta be saint pierre man yeah if that's the one fight that i like to see him come back for yeah 
That would be fun. Yeah, get that that revisit that if you yeah. will. Yeah, so that would be fun. Yeah, so um, shit. So we covered football. We covered MMA thoroughly. Um, what do you think about basketball right now, bro? Like I said a couple of minutes ago, this is the lowest rating season that the NBA's had in a lot of years, which I find really surprising. Correct. One, the Lakers are back. The Lakers and Celtics are the two biggest things the NBA has going for it. Correct. Um, I do think that getting rid of the super team, the you know, essentially the the uh the Warriors, mm-hmm. I really thought that was gonna help. Like yeah. it brings back the interest of, you know, we don't know who the winner is gonna be this year kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know? Um, so I do find it really surprising. And I they they're doing this whole tournament thing now, mid season tournament to get an extra draft pick. Yeah. I it that feels so like gimmicky. Gimmicky, yes. Yeah. This is this is the worst I've seen out of the NBA in a while. Correct. And, and I don't know if this is because of the three point line. Like, um I do. Do you think it's because of the three point line? I, I do because um Remember we had like a, a couple of years ago, like you and Eric were talking about like eventually they're going to do away with like the big man position. And I was like very staunch and like, no, that's what makes the NBA great. When I think of like the greatness of the NBA, like, of course, I think of like the Jordan era and it wasn't so much because of Jordan, but that was like the land of the big men. Like every team had a superstar. Like you had David Robinson, you had Patrick Ewing, you had I- Alonzo Mourning, Shaquille O'Neal. And it's just like every team, even even Utah, if you're talking about Greg Ostertag or whatever. And that's what made the NBA interesting is like Jordan weaving his way through um, the land of the big men. And now every big man, you know, whether you're Christophe Porzingis, who's seven foot, what, five, well, shooting threes? The, the, the problem with the big man is that the way that the NBA is played currently, currently yeah. is that whenever, like... Basically, it doesn't work in a, in a playoff format mm-hmm. because you oh. can kind of you can kind of take the, the big man out of the, uh, out of the equation in a in a playoff format. And I'm starting to think that the NBA is killing itself because you need the big man. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's really difficult to watch to see like big men become essentially role players. And if they're not role players, then they're ball hogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's almost no in between, unless you got to go out to shoot the three to like make yourself relevant and stuff like that. Um, which I get because it does expand your career, but it is starting to become really hard to watch. Like WNBA ish. It, it it yeah. So I I still watch like I would say I, I there's 82 games. I think I've only missed like two Spurs games all year, mm-hmm. and um. That's still, in my opinion, that's still a lot. Um, I get where you're coming from from this because I remember as a kid, like I would watch every single Laker game, even like when, before like the Shaq and Kobe era like officially took off and they were winning championships and whatnot. Like I remember I would watch them with Nick Van Axel and Eddie Jones, Cedric Sabalos, like every day, like on you know Prime Ticket or KCAL Nine and whatnot, just because like you're going through this journey with your team. Now, like you said, like where it's just like, oh, I could take two games off. Where it's just like, as before, like it was must-see TV, even if you had a team that was probably going to lose to the Utah Jazz in the second yeah. round. So I, I agree with you because it, it that super team mentality, it kind of killed the enjoyment of basketball. I do think that that super team had a lot to do with with the, with the way teams are constructed right now. Mm-hmm. Like shooting the three has become too important, way too gimmicky. Yeah. Like... If you ever watch a Houston Rockets game, it is the worst thing Fuck, you can yeah. ever watch. I just saw the Spurs and, and the Rockets last week. It was fucking grueling. To, there's there's a really funny clip. I'm sure you could find it online. It's a Spurs fan going, nobody wants to see a shoot a free throw shooting contest, James. And then he yells back at the fan and the fan, and he says something like, nobody wants to see fouls either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that the fact that James Harden is probably like a top five player in the NBA yeah. is disgusting to me. Like his style of basketball is like the worst I, I can imagine. Before this era, he was a backup. Yeah. Think about that. He was a backup. Yeah. He's a prolific scorer, but it, it, before this era, he's a backup shooting guard. And it does, it, it does disgust me as well because um, what was that game he scored like 60-something points in three quarters or Dude, whatever? they're all fucking fake points. It's all free throws and three-pointers. And Correct. they're like the most soft three-pointers you can ever... And I feel like the fundamentals, like I hate to be like that old man now that says fundamentals, fundamentals, but as somebody that played basketball for like 
a good decade and a half we're just like you need defense you need players to play their position like there's a reason why there's five positions on the floor where now everybody's playing the shooting guard position playing hardly any defense and it's killing the product you know and no you watch you our era where we you, you know watched you know jordan you know pippen uh fucking let's say david robinson like all these players that had their specific position that they played john stockton if you will boring as shit but still like one of the greatest point guards of all time because everybody played their position well now everybody is playing a shooting guard position yeah and it's it, positionless basketball essentially we have like and okay so if you're not a sports fan I think we should break this down because maybe some people that don't understand sports won't get this. So there is the one position that's the point guard position, usually the smallest guy on the court, right? Yeah, smallest, fastest guy that's going to create opportunities for everybody else on the court. Yeah, he's usually your distributor. He passes the ball out. He's usually a pass first guy, shoot second. Mm -hmm. And even that position's changed because like, now you have guys like Russell Westbrook and um, I'm trying to think, like... Dame over in, in um to a lesser degree yeah Dame yeah Miller, like Steph yeah. Curry like all these guys you know they want to shoot first pass second so that position's already changed it's like zero, zero defense maybe, it's, by the yeah, way essentially just another shooting guard mm -hmm. so then the, the two position is the shooting guard position that's the Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant position mm -hmm. that's essentially you are usually around the three point line you and then you go inside to the paint but you usually start from the the three point line and you work your way into the paint. Um, shooting guard because usually that's the first guy that's taking the first shot because he's out to the three-point line and essentially that's mm -hmm. why it's called a shooting guard position small forward that's a, like lebron james guy slightly bigger even lebron's kind of changed that position as well because when i think of like uh, your prototypical uh small forward i think of scotty pippen i think of elgin baylor yeah. it's somebody more or less like yeah they're gonna be a compliment to your shooting guard that's what made scotty pippen such a great name is because he was the ultimate compliment to michael jordan where it's just like he's gonna be the one you know helping out the shooting guard on defense to cover the other shooting guard he's gonna kind of clean up you know some of the rebounds and help distribute and open up opportunities kind of with the pick and roll or whatever yeah. right and there's still dudes like that like i oh, think yeah. Kawhi leonard's probably like the amen the in my opinion he's the best dude in the nba like mm -hmm. at I his agree. position and just overall and so there's still that dude like oh, yeah. he's still that guy um so that position's still out there they're kind of interchangeable power forward or sorry small forward and shooting guard and shooting guard just because you know they can they're essentially two of the quicker guys slightly larger but kind of the medium build kind of guys if we're going to relate it to music i would say kind of like like drums and bass basically yeah. they're kind of like a marriage in the band they're going to hold down the rhythm section of a team yeah and then this next position the power forward position that's the one that's i think it completely extinct at this point yeah i can't um, think of a true power forward in the league besides LaMarcus Aldridge, who is basically like done 82 years old. <laughs> yeah. He, he is done. Like he, he is basically just, you know, he's got another year or two left in mm -hmm. the tank. Um, but he's like the last guy who's actually playing power forward. I mean, Anthony, not Anthony Davis. Um, who's the kid in the Pelicans that just got drafted. Oh, um, Zion, Zion, like Zion's like six, six, like that's shooting guard height. But he's two eighty. But he's two eighty, so he might be the next power forward guy, you know. But Charles usually, Barkley, yeah. Usually the power forwards around like six seven to about seven feet tall, mm -hmm. and you know they they they're more of a complementary piece that goes around to the center. Sometimes they can switch with the center, but mm -hmm. they're big guys essentially. They're yeah. there for defense, rebounding, shooting. They're usually not known high for shooting. Shots. Yeah. High percentage dunks, bank shots. Whatever you may be, whatever. I think of like Chris Webber, Carl Malone, <laughs> Charles Barkley, your boy Tim Duncan. Um, yeah, like those guys, you know. And I think like people like Robert Ory, who was a power forward, like that. They were the people that kind of were like, well, I can also shoot a three point two, and then that's like that was what kind of made uh, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers different. Where it's just like you only had to worry about Shaq down low, who could take on all five players at any given time. Mm -hmm. There's a great poster of him, the whole, you know, Portland Trailblazers, like guarding him all the while, while like, uh, Robert Ori is at the three point line, Kobe's at the three point line and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, you kind of got to blame people like Robert Ori for the extinction of this too. But I mean that, I mean, he played his role perfect, but it's, yeah, it's not to sit at the, the three point line. Like you're there, 
Um, your center and your power forward's job is to basically clean up the rebound that the shooting guard or point guard or small forward might miss and then dish it back out or get that easy dunk or layup. Yeah, and then the last one is the five. The five is the big guy, the Shaquille O'Neal of the team. He's the one that's your last line of defense. He is the block. He shot. He block shock. Block shocker. Shot blocker. <laughs> block rocking beats. Black de debu. And you know he gets the highest percentage shot, the dunks and all that. Same thing to the power forward. Those two are very interchangeable, but at the same time, like a little. Usually, your biggest, strongest dude is your center. Um, and really, just like Anthony Davis, I can't really think of very many. I guess Boogie. Who's also on the Lakers? Who's also now. on the Lakers? There's Javale McGee, Dwight Howard. No, Basically, you know, usually, and and that position still kind of exists in the NBA, but it's become like a weird de facto, like your big guy throw him in there, he'll rebound the ball and block mm-hmm. the shot. That's done. Center. That's it. Yeah. Um, and everyone else is shooting guards. So like, it's the it's still in the NBA. But it's kind of in the NBA, like in a really weird, like we went, you know, you know who makes sense. Um, who's the dude that used to be in the Clippers? Um, he's oh Blake Griffin. No, no, no. Uh, the other tall guy. I think he's at the Nets now. Oh um, shit! Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, um, basically, all he did was dunk the ball and block the ball. DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, he is kind of the poster child for the modern day center because mm-hmm. that's all he does is block the ball, dunk the ball. In like the '90s, he would have been like your fucking Christian Leitner, but like yeah. in th- this era, he's a fucking. I believe he's like one of the highest paid uh, centers in the league. If, yeah, yeah, and he only has two skills: mm-hmm. be tall and like be tall. <laughs> Alley oop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah, I totally agree. We went from chess to checkers, I think, you know, and that's what's hurting the league. And I think, too, that's why the Lakers, I believe the record right now is like something crazy, like 18 and three, um, is because they basically have every big man in the league, yeah. you know, on their team, where it's just like you watch it. And I've been preaching this for years, where it's just like the, if the Lakers want to get back to their glory days, they need to reestablish like the half court where like we play real basketball. Uh, we're going to create mismatches down low. Um, we're going to slow down the tempo. Like they're going to make you, you, you're not, you know, a three point shot is never going to be a high percentage shot, shot. Even if you're Steph Curry, I believe his, um, percentage is like what? 49% if you will. Yeah. So you're missing most of your shots still. So somebody has to rebound those shots. And if you're, if you have fucking what five centers on your team, like the Lakers who are all pretty athletic now, um, and can run quote unquote, um, they're going to be able to rebound that ball and kick it out to your LeBron James, your Kyle Kuzma's and whatnot. And, you know, Danny Green's, if you will, and, you know, get those easy, like two point buckets. And I think that's why the Lakers are succeeding is because they're playing simple basketball that is just like, okay, our, our strength is we have a lot of great, you know, big men that can do their jobs, you know, and they <laughs> pretty much have them all, you know, you yeah. got Boogie on the bench, you have. JaVel McGee, who can just, he's basically DeAndre Jordan to a lesser extent. You know, Dwight Howard actually being a role player, you know, playing, you know, a power forward position, um, being that good middleman between, you know, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And that's why they're succeeding. Why do you think the, like, viewership in general is just down? It's, it, to me, I think it's equity. Um, you saw that, like, when Michael Jordan retired, that, that um, viewership went down dramatically. It's because there was no longer that story of Jordan working his way through the East, you know, the, the land of the big men, right? And, you know, people didn't care so much for that. Um, I, was, I was really rooting for the Raptors just because I was growing to hate um, the super team, which is, you yeah, know, the I Golden think most St- people, you know, Everybody hates whoever's on top. Correct. Tom Brady's been on top for the last like twenty years, so yeah. that most people would say, "I fucking am tired of the Patriots." Oh yeah, and you know the Golden State Warriors. Either the, if they were winning or they were losing, it was just like we were getting tired of that. Like even old school, old school heads with us, like we're just like, I hate this super team mentality. You got all the best players on one team, and it's just like, God, I want somebody to come beat them. Okay, here comes the Raptors, who I thought had a really great team what we were talking about where everybody played their position well and you had that one crown jewel quiet leonard that brought everybody together and that's cool but at the end of the day the raptors aren't a sellable team they don't have a sellable sellable that sounds like a horrible <laughs> fucking word yeah. made up word um i mean quiet leonard like i agree with you he's probably the best player in the league mm-hmm. you know by far um but 
he's he's not Shaq. He's not Shaq. He's not going to sell um, Jimmy Kimmel tickets or whatever, right? Or you know, concert tickets or movie tickets or whatnot. He's I don't want to say boring, but in the same sense, he's, he's not he's not a he's not charismatic. So the equity of a championship is always going to carry over until the next season, until another champion wins. So you saw that with Michael Jordan's era after he was done, and then you know the Spurs won. You know those it was back to back titles, right? No, or no. one title, right? It was one title in '99. Okay, so you carry that over, and then again, like you said, Lakers probably the most marketable team. They go on a three um, championship run, and then the equity of them, you know, brings the NBA to another level, and then it goes down again. I guess Boston wins it one year, uh, Dallas wins it another year. Yeah, after I would say after um, um, after Boston won it, there was like a three year, four year lull of like. Dwight Howard was your best player in the NBA, correct? And, and then he did he, you know, he was in a good face for the for the friend for the not franchise, but the the whole league. league. Yeah, and I think that's where we're at right now. Where it's just like the Raptors are your current champions. Whether you know the Lakers are surging right now, they you still have to win a championship. I think for people to get excited, where it's just like, yeah, you can have a great season, like the LA Dodgers. They've had amazing seasons these past three years, but they didn't win the whole thing. It was Houston, the Red Sox, and I believe the Nationals. The won. Nationals came out of nowhere and won it. Yeah, and we actually had them on the ropes. Like if we took out Kershaw when we should have, we should have beat the Nationals. But then they end up winning the whole dance. Yeah. It could have been us. But no one gives a fuck about baseball because uh, aside from the Red Sox, no marketable team has won. You know, yeah. and it's just like that. The equity of a championship is always going. I think, in my opinion, is always going to dictate viewerships and i think people are still like well okay golden state sucks now and they were for you take out my bias for them they were an exciting team to watch but it's just like now it's just the equity of oh the raptors were your champions it's kind of like baltimore ravens like when they went with joe flacco like yeah that or tampa bay the tampa bay buccaneers when they won the super bowl it's kind of like ugh, well that sucks yeah you know so it's just like that's cool but uh, at the same time i'm not gonna Tune in 82 games to watch the Raptors. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last year when um, we talked about whenever you put a losing team on primetime, those primetime games, that's you selling the NBA to non-NBA fans. Correct. Or like lukewarm NBA Casuals. fans. Casuals. Yeah. Um, so, like, for me, I'm going to watch Spur fan, Spurs fans. Let's Spurs fans. Spurs games no matter what, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna show up. I bought the I bought the uh, the pass to see it. So because they're not my local team. So, but those national ones, we have a bunch of Pelican games that went national this year. Yeah, for no other reason that because uh, Zion. Zion was supposed to be there, he hasn't been there all year. Mm-hmm. Those games don't matter now. Now you have a bunch of Cleveland Cavalier games. I don't know why those are on national oh, television right? games. Yeah, like LeBron used to be there. Those fans, those dudes just follow LeBron wherever he goes. Yeah. Like, they're not actual Cleveland Cavalier fans. No. Um, you, you bank a lot on on uh, Milwaukee to, like, get you national viewer. Nationally, the Milwaukee Bucks, although they have one of the top five players in the NBA, that team is not sellable. Like, most mm-hmm. people can't even point out Milwaukee on a team. Most people, most people <laughs> on a map, sorry. Most people can't even, didn't even know Milwaukee had a team. Yeah. Like, it's really difficult, but you I, you need those big teams to matter. You need the Bulls to matter. You need the Lakers to matter. You need the Celtics to matter. And the, the Celtics, Knicks. the, the uh, come on, I have, the no, Knicks haven't they, been relevant since I was a baby, man. No, I'm I'm serious <laughs> though. But like you always like you see that the yeah, Knicks, yeah. they always push that in the media, and they've been dog shit like worse than the Cleveland Browns, you know, in football. And if they get over, if somehow they have like a winning season, if they have a Toronto Raptors winning season, I guarantee you that you're going to see a spike in, because that's your biggest market, you know, and that's where most of your players come from is New York. So it's just like, you're right. You know, you need New York. New York needs to have a fucking good team. Yeah. But they're cursed. (laughs) Or you need a super team in the NBA. Like, I feel like you need one or the other Mm -hmm. because most people aren't going to care that, that now I don't know who to root for, like kind of thing. Like I, I need for certain this team to be really good all year. I think that some people like that. Like you see, that's why there's a bandwagon. Oh yeah. Because we need to know who's going to be the best one. So people can go bandwagon. It used to be the Miami heat. Then it was Cleveland, Cleveland. Then it was golden state. And now I guess the Lakers, but the Lakers have always been like a, 
you know, national mm-hmm. story. Like they're 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 the Yankees of basketball. Correct. So I think I think that kind of kills it a little bit because that's the team that you know if you're not if they're not your local team if they're not your team they're probably hated. Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of hurts the NBA a little bit. That that's where LeBron is right now. I'm sure they would like it better if he was in New York or Milwaukee, Milwaukee or somewhere. You know, yeah. Like, um, um, yeah, I think that that might be too much power in one place. That your biggest star is then your biggest Market, team. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that kind of hurts it a little bit. I think maybe I hadn't even thought about that, but maybe that hurts it a little bit. I think also the three point line and James Harden are disgusting to watch. They, yeah. they got to take the rock. I I'm so That's sick Mike of the Dan Tony though too though. Like I feel like like when the Suns like were going to the playoffs and doing nothing like. Steve Nash and, you know, Mari Stoudemire and whatnot. Like, I hated watching those games because it was, like, a bunch of bullshit, you know, and I was hoping that would gimmick out of the league. But it just seems like it grew like a fungus, dude. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. Man. So I hope that that'll change. And you'll see, like, once – because the game is always evolving, always changing. I think once something – another gimmick catches on, you know, then you're going to see teams copy that. I can't wait for them to get rid of the East-West – East West has to go, man. They just I need do to too. Do top sixteen teams play each other college basketball style, mm-hmm. and that's it. That'd be fun. That would add a whole new level of fun to me. Does this point? Do you really want to see Milwaukee versus the Atlanta Hawks in the yeah. first round of the playoffs? Eastern no. Conference games are so boring to watch. Like you can just okay, forget about the Magic. Forget about like the Washington, whatever they're called now. <laughs> the Bullets, the um, Wizards, the Wizards, like. There's just so many bad teams in the mm-hmm. East that are just different. And they also get primetime games. And yeah. it's like, you, you can't have that, man. You no. can't have, like, the, I, I saw that they finally pulled uh, Warriors games from National. Um, Good. Yeah, and it's like, it's about time, dude. Like, yeah. they are, the, God damn it. Besides Danny Tanner, nobody was a ba- nobody was there before, like, all the bandwagon people showed up. <laughs> Danny Tanner? I was yeah. like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, the full house dad. Yeah. yeah. So like, or Mr. <sighs> Cooper, Mr. Cooper was a fucking uh, oh, was he? Warriors fan. Oh, yeah, true. I guess the story in that that show was that he was a Warriors player, like on the bench or whatever. Oh yeah. And then like he hurt his knee, and now he has to live with Holly Robinson, Pete, and his <laughs> adopted daughter, or whatever. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see some more of that half court offense because that's what I grew up watching. We Me both too. Did, Me grew too. up watching that. I do, I th- and I think that I think the Lakers are doing it. I think some other teams are starting to do it mainly like the jazz and things like that like it's mm-hmm. it's it's making a little bit of a comeback we haven't seen it work in the playoffs in a couple of years although i'm hoping that it does you know mm-hmm. like Kawhi leonard he's a half court dude yeah and he made it work he last has year to be. he has to be too because you see him today like or not today but just like recently where he's take he has to take games off so that way he can preserve himself for the playoffs and that dude's all playoff mentality like mm-hmm. that guy is like jordan 2.0 like mm-hmm. he, i remember when he was with the spurs he would do this thing where like he would just be watching Jordan highlights, and that's it. Like that—that that was it. That's what he would do before games, so just to like get ready for a game. He would just watch Jordan highlights, Good. which I think is like the most like cold-blooded thing. Like he was not friends with the media. He was not friends with his teammates besides um, Jonathan Simmons, which most people don't know who he is. But um, he it's was just not writer, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he plays. I don't know where he plays at now, but he was a spur. He was pretty good. But um, um, yeah, he's just. Most people, most people, and I do agree. Like when you hear, and I think he is the best player in the NBA. When you're best player in the NBA, that's another factor. It's like not a dude that's friends with anyone. He's not, you know, when they do like their whole like runway thing and they show like the the players coming in, they're all fashionable and shit. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard doesn't care about that shit. Like mm-hmm. that dude is wearing his hoodie and that's it. Like oh, that's how I'm coming to the game because I'm just here to ball and that's yeah, it. do my job and get yeah. out. And like I love the guy. Like I still, I'm, I miss that guy. I'm hurt that he's not with the Spurs because I love that kind of mentality. I, mm-hmm. I hate the fact that he's that that he's like in L.A. Where I'm like, damn, that sucks. I, I'm kind of glad that he. I'm a I'm a hardcore Laker fan. I, I will be until I die. But I'm kind of glad he didn't come to L.A. J- just because it would just have been him and uh, LeBron beefing. I kind of wish that LeBron wasn't in L.A. So then we could Those have. Those are built- two polar polar opposites. Correct. Man. And I wish it would have been the other way around where LeBron went to the Clippers. And then Kawhi was with the Lakers, and we had Kawhi um, running with the team that we have now. Like, I would like that so much better, but it's just like LeBron is, he's playing good basketball. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, like, we're going to live and die because he's so much of, like, we talked with Kaepernick, he's so much of a distraction. 
um, off the court sometimes. Where like, yeah, he is getting along with his teammates, but his whole management team, where it's just like, it's like the Lakers management doesn't doesn't matter. Where it's just like LeBron's management is the real management of the Lakers, and I don't like that. Like the Lakers are bigger than one player. Yeah. You know, they're bigger than Kobe. They're bigger than Shaq. They're bigger than Will. They're bigger than Jerry West, who's the fucking logo of the league. Like, like to me, like that's what I hate. Where it's just like, all right. I would rather have Kawhi Leonard there in place of LeBron, but hey, if we're winning, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> I'll accept yeah. it. Yeah, true. Right, but anyway, don't man. blame me. You got anything else, man? I feel like this. That's I, it, man. I gotta go get some slices of pizza in my belly right now. I need to take a poop. Oh man, <laughs> that's more important. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed this not so mini sode. Um, catch us on all social media, Art and Jacob Do America. Make sure you check out our main episode, one thirty one, the best of two thousand nineteen. Um, but hey let us know if you like these little uh, side sports discussions and we'll try to bring in some more guests to talk about sports because I dig it do you dig I it? I dig it man I, yeah. lo- I can talk all day about sports hell yeah um, as long as we don't get like Stephen A. Smith and fucking bullshit oh, like that it. who's your top five centers in the NBA like that that shit sucks Dylon Dylon and Dylon yeah, I can't do that <laughs> anyways guys hit us up on the social media but until then everybody have a good night good night